Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And we're your friends at FNA Van Life. And normally what we do with this podcast, do you want to do you want to jump in there? Well, I mean, I just it felt like there was an opening and I was just going to jump in there and say that every week on FNA Van Life, we talk to nomads uh, in the community about what it's like to live life on the road. Yeah. So every week, first, we start off by giving you an update where we are and what's been going on. So you get the most exclusive up to date spots on where we are actually at in our lives. Yeah, where the YouTube videos are usually a couple of weeks behind. Yeah, so you guys are getting the cream of the crop right away. Yeah, and so today's episode is very special because live in the studio, and by studio I mean band, band. (laughs) we have our friend Mike, and he is going to be talking with us today about what it's like to live in a bus. Yeah, not only in a bus, like how does he make money, uh, where is it that he's traveled, what he loves and dislikes about this lifestyle. So we're going to get the nitty gritty on everything. To give you guys an idea of where we are, right now we're in Bellingham in Washington State. We just got back from Alaska. It's been an amazing experience that we had in Alaska and you guys should really jump on the YouTube channel to see more about that. And we're also going to give you updates on Alaska and how to travel or at least how we traveled. Yes. All right. Yeah. Can we talk to our friend at the table now? Yes, we can. (laughs) What's up, fam? (laughs) So this is Mike, and we just met him the other day. We pulled up to a spot. Where were we, actually? Fred Meyer. Fred Meyer. You know? I've never been to a Fred Meyer. Really? Really? Never been. That's funny. How was your first time at a Fred Meyer? I was actually really surprised. So when I was living in Atlanta, I was exposed to Kroger. So Kroger is Fred Meyer, but essentially I think just the food section. Oh. But then when you got when you're with Fred Meyer, you have all the apparel, you have all the goods. Uh, but I loved the prices. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say I think it's what we call it is like the be- the better man's Walmart. Yes. You know what I mean because it has everything so like Walmart. That's funny because our friends Adaptive Humanity, they went to their first Fred Myers the other day too, and they texted us and they were like, this Fred Myers thing, like where has this been my whole life? Is it a West Coast thing? Well, so that's what I was about to say. I was about to say, so this must be like your first time to the West Coast because that's where Fred Myers is. No, I, I mean, I've been to the West Coast quite a bit, but I would say, you know, I, I love to stick to Walmart. Like, I just, like, you know, if something's working for me, I'm just like, you know, I, it. Walmart it is. Uh, but my sister who lives in Bellingham was like, you got to go to Fred Meyer. And so you, you guys just came right up to me. And I'm so glad that you did, because now we're lifelong friends and we've been hanging out for the past couple of days. And again, it goes back to what I always, you know, it's what it's all about is the people. And it's just so awesome to kind of just hang out, hear your story, hear your traveling and uh, be a part of this journey with you. Yeah, man, thank you. We feel the same way about the people in the community, like yourself. Uh, we even got to play some, shoot some hoops earlier. Right now, we're, we're tied 1-1 in, in a game of horse. Yeah, so. they took a break to do the podcast, and they're going to go finish it up when we're done. So who do you got, Who do you got, guys? You got Team Mike, or do you got Team Frankie? Do Brooklyn, got- Brooklyn versus Philly. <laughs> and so that's another thing, real quick, is that, you know, I, I feel like you don't meet as many East Coast uh, people on the road, and especially I think Philadelphia and Brooklyn, it is an outlier of 
uh, two cities that I guess normally, you know, van life, nomadic living really doesn't fit into the equation. So it's always a pleasure to meet an East Coaster. And again, realizing that we do have so much in common. Yeah. Yeah. Our first part of the travels was a lot of East Coast stuff. And we didn't meet a single van lifer on the entire East Coast. We met one when we got to Ontario. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as we got over to the West Coast, it was like, oh, my God, there's vans everywhere. Has that been kind of the same experience for you? Same experience. I mean, it's... Yeah, I feel like I've met so many more kind of like-minded people out here on the West Coast. Um, and even, you know, I was, you know, going through Florida, Georgia, uh, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. And again, I didn't see any schoolies or any really, you know, I saw the occasional van lifer, but here it's the culture. I mean, it's, it's, it's evident, right? Even just driving two minutes down the road, you're going to come across so many, uh, people that are living the nomadic life. So it's been cool to, to be out here and to, uh, surround myself with so much beauty as well. So with that being said, what do you think the reason is that there's a lot of people on the West Coast, but not necessarily on the East Coast? Yeah, I think, you know, you know, kind of growing up outside of the Philadelphia area, I think there's definitely a culture of kind of the the normalcies of kind of just the routine of life, you know. Um, and I feel like out here on the West Coast, it's just a little bit more relaxed, you know. I remember just, you know, working in New York for a short stint last year and I just remember feeling like, you know, I really was doing that hamster on the wheel lifestyle where I really wasn't interacting with a lot of the people that I was working with and kind of just had that head down mentality. And, you know, no, no knock on, you know, the culture on the East uh, versus the West, but I just think, you know, it's, you know, more chill, right? You know, you come out here and I think people are a little bit more, again, I don't, I don't you know, a little bit more level-headed and kind of just uh, enjoying different aspects of their life and, um, you know, and the outdoors, right? It's evident that, I think the wet out west, there's a lot of beauty, and not that there isn't on the east coast, but I just think there's a, when it comes to nature and getting outside and going on hikes and mountains, uh, there's just so much to see, right? And we're in Washington State, and I've always said like for me, and I've traveled through like 40 states in the last year. I think Washington is is my favorite, right? It has the mountains, it has the land, it has the lakes, it has the beach. There's just so much to see, uh, and I know that I think you know our community definitely gravitates towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've definitely been sucked into the West Coast real hard. We spent all last summer in the P&W, switched back to Florida to build the new van, and then immediately was like, we're going back to the West Coast. And kind of our plans for the next couple of months are definitely all up and around here. And if you want to talk about going like as far Pacific Northwest as you can go, spending the summer in Alaska yeah. is like the ultimate West Coast adventure. It, exactly. And the no humidity. I think like, you know, Humidity is tough, right? When you're living in a van or a small space, I know for me, when I feel sticky, gross, like it's, it makes me so unmotivated. And, you know, with going, you know, being on the East Coast, I feel like it's just, it's so evident there where, you know, I can get away with maybe not showering out every couple of days here out West where, you know, if I spend a few hours, especially where I was living in Atlanta or even Florida, I just can't get away with it. And it's just like... Yeah, Living in a small space is just not comfortable. Especially in the summertime, too. Because in the summertime, it's really relevant. Um, so tell us more about you, like where your travels came from. Like what what is the thing that got you on the road? And were you always in a bus? Like what what was it for you? Yeah, it's so hard. You know, whenever people ask me that, it's like, oh, how do I summarize it, right? Because there's just a, there's so many different parts of kind of what has led me to where I am, you know originally kind of the skeleton of how it kind of 
came about, you know, growing up, traveling was always something that was super evident in my family. You know, I'm super, I'm super blessed to have been able to travel quite a bit growing up. And through that, I just fell in love with different cultures, experiences, getting outside of my bubble, outside of home, and really just seeing what else is out there. Because I think, you know, through those experiences, you know, you grow, you meet so many freaking people. And it's just like, it's what it's all about. And so, um, you know, traveling was always apparent and I always loved it. But again, it, it's with a vacation, there's always an end date. And it's always that bittersweet moment where you have this amazing vacation, but you know, it's kind of like, you know, get, you know, being back in reality and kind of getting in the, in the grind again. And that's something I always had a really tough time adjusting to. Um, and so, you know, I never really acted on that, right? It was just kind of the norm. And, you know, through... Um, you know, after school, I was, you know, blessed enough to get a, a really good job with, um, you know, a really good company in finance. And, um, you know, I, I live, you know, for four and a half years, I was grinding. Um, you know, I got my stockbroker license and I really, you know, my career was very, uh, was very much a priority in my life. And, um, you know, I would do the occasional vacation, but I just kind of felt like, man, like there's got to be something more you know, as van life and nomadic living, you know, has grown and grown it, you know, the exposure of it. I remember just sitting in bed and just being like, wow, this is something that I could totally see myself doing, especially young, right? I'm, I'm 26 years old. I really don't have a true foundation anywhere. You know, I saw this as the window of my life where I could kind of get up and go. Um, so kind of just backtracking a little bit, you know, I was, I felt like I was living that, you know, hamster on the wheel lifestyle where days were blending days were, I really couldn't tell one day from the other. It was like, wake up really early in the morning, go to the gym, then work, um, all day. And then, you know, at night, just either read, hang out, you know, run, whatever it was. And it just was blending. I was like, what is this? Like, there's gotta be something more. And so, um, you know, COVID really shaped my perspective of like, okay, what's really important? What do I want to achieve out of this gift of life? And again, you know, we take our health for granted. We always think that we're going to have that perfect time or perfect opportunity uh, to, to do the things that we've always wanted to do. And right, like I think COVID has also taught us that life is fragile and that we should, you know, if you can do it now, then, you know, you absolutely should. Of course, it takes some planning, um, but I remember being, I had just moved down to Atlanta as was transferring, transferring my company. So I was alone and I moved right at the beginning of COVID in February. So I was trapped in my apartment, uh, alone and I'm an extrovert. I get my energy off of people and I love, um, uh, interacting with others. And so I really mentally wasn't doing so hot and I lost my grandfather from COVID. And I was like, man, like I, I got to do something, but I also obviously I know the magnitude of COVID and I need to do something safe. So there are two friends of mine that were working for Apple on the road. And I was like, wow, if they can work this really demanding job, so can I. So literally with like just a two week plan, I got up and left. I was living out of my Jeep Grand Cherokee and just fell in love with the road, you know, meeting people, doing things that I had never, ever imagined myself doing, you know, showering in lakes, um, you know, working in coffee shops every day, being an adventure essentially. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And I really don't miss any of the luxuries that I had in Atlanta. So that was June, you know, I left Atlanta June 30th, 2020. And, you know, long story kind of short, I just continued to fall in love with the road. I ended up buying a travel trailer that got me through the winter. I was towing it, uh, made it up to Alaska last summer. Uh, running a minivan up there, lived out of that for about 20 days. But again, just not missing all of the things that I once had and realizing that I was really, truly joyful from the, the life that I was living. 
and um, ended up my company was like, okay, we're going to be fully remote for the rest of the year. And so I was paying, you know, almost $2,000 for an apartment. So I flew back, changed all my flights around from Alaska to Atlanta, went down there, threw everything in a storage unit. And at this point, I had no idea where I was going to live, but I just trusted my intuition and my gut that everything would be okay. So I flew back from Atlanta to Seattle and bought a 1986 travel trailer and lived out of that. And through that, again, just realizing that like, okay, like this is something that I really am passionate about. You know, what's something that I could do that is a little bit more maintainable. You know, I had this almost brand new car that I was paying uh, a lot of money for. And again, I, I, the simplicity, I was like, I don't need it. I don't need all of these things. So I found this quirky bus half converted. I was in Utah. The bus was in New Jersey, sent one of my buddies to go get the bus for me, bought it on scene. And from like November to late March, I was building it out with some of my best friends and people and my dad. And we, you know, they just believed in the vision and where I was going. And so it was kind of history after that. And again, I'm so sorry to for it so being so long, but I really have a tough time kind of just summarizing it because it really is just been a journey, right? It's yeah. like, there's been a lot of things that have gone on in my life that has led me to where I'm at now. And so after leaving a home outside of Philadelphia in March, I've really just primarily been on the road, uh, made it all the way down or up to Canada and then came back to Washington and it's just been priceless. I really can't equate it to, you know, a few words or it's really just changed my life. And I'm just so grateful that I, trusted my intuition and really just you know and my faith is really important to me so i feel like that's where the lord was leading me and um it's just been incredible and i know that these experiences are something that i'll cherish for the rest of my life um and i know that it's something that i wouldn't have been able to been exposed to inside of my atlanta apartment and just stretching myself mentally and physically uh, by really tr embracing the unknown and understanding that there will be challenges and hard times, but just overcoming that and learning how to pivot. Um, so here I am, you know, what is it? It's September 1st now, yeah, made it all it? the yeah. way to Washington. And it's just been a crazy, crazy year, but I've grown so much. I've learned so much about myself and I really wouldn't trade it for the world. And then through this experience, I ended up leaving the corporate finance job and lit and kind of leaving that career, which was definitely really hard for me um, because I had it really, really good. But, you know, for me, a fulfilled life is having a lot of purpose in what you do at work. And I just wasn't having that anymore. And I really wasn't willing to settle for anything less. And so I decided, you know, again, a lot of tug of war of my heart and kind of figuring out what's best for me. But I eventually ended up leaving, and at this point, I really couldn't be happier. That's amazing. That's a beautiful story. Don't apologize for telling the story, because that's why we have you here, so people could hear it. Like We have all different walks of life listening, uh, so some people will definitely correlate to your situation and understand where you're coming from, because they're going through the same thing. So we'd love to hear the story, so don't feel bad. But one thing I do want to talk about is you talked about loneliness being in that apartment, mm -hmm. right? What about your, cause you're a solo male mm -hmm. traveler. Mm -hmm. What about loneliness on the road? Cause not all the time are you meeting people? Not all the yeah. time are there strangers that, you know, befriend you. So what is, what is the loneliness like on the road by yourself? You know, at first, especially for me being, you know, a very extroverted person, uh, I would never have been able to kind of get up and go, um, you know, years ago, but it's really taught me to look inward and really understand that like, yes it's going to be hard but like 
you're going to grow through that. You know, there's a lot of self-reflection and it's a beautiful time in your life where, especially for me, you know, hopefully God willing, I'm not going to be, you know, forever alone. I have an amazing girlfriend at home that supports me and she's actually joined me from time to time on the bus as well. Um, And I've had amazing friends that have joined me for stands. I, you know, uh, I was just sharing the story with you yesterday, how I met a New York state trooper in Alaska by giving bear spray in a Walmart parking lot. And then he ended up coming and joining me on the bus for a week. And so I've had, you know, stints of people and my cousin has joined me for quite a bit of the time. So I've had some wonderful people join me. But last year I did spend a ton of time alone, but I really looked at it in this perspective of like, you know, I really won't get this alone time again. This is a beautiful time to reflect, understand kind of, you know, what does Michael Berlottis want in life and how do I get there to do the things that I've always wanted to do? Um, but it's definitely challenging. Like, I can't even tell you the amount of times we're on a Friday night or Saturday night. I've literally drove into a Walmart parking lot and it's just me. But I will say I have an amazing co-pilot in Bailey. Bailey is my Siberian Husky who gives me so much purpose on the road. She's my rock. I really couldn't imagine this experience without her. Um, and I I really, I don't even know if I could could have done it without her because when on those times that I do feel so lonely and um, isolated, I just have my dog who's right there with me. And she, you know, the cliche statement, man, man's best friend, I, I truly feel like she is. And she's just been my, my best friend. You know, if that means going on a solo hike or doing it, like she's with me. And although she never communicates back to me, I really feel like we do have such a special bond. And it's just been an amazing experience to have with her. And I actually got her right at the beginning of COVID because I thought, you know, she would be the perfect partner to have, you know, moving to a new city in Atlanta and having her, but ended up exceeding my expectations times a hundred. And now we've been able to travel the country together and we've been able to see so many wonderful places. It's beautiful. We totally agree. We have our Paco with us and it definitely adds a really beautiful element to van life. And I think it also kind of forces you to get outside and it forces you to think about, you know, what would be best for the dog today, you know? So if you are having those days where you're not feeling good or you're, you know, a little bit lonely or depressed and you might just sit in your van and like, you know, get sucked into Mm -hmm. the internet the Mm -hmm. whole day. You're like, I can't do that to Bailey, you know? So then it forces you to get out and do something. And it's also a really social way to meet other people as well. hundred percent. Yeah. Like even right now we're at a dog park, you know, so, so you could just go out to the dog park with your dog and, you know, possibly make a friend. Yeah. I, there's been so many conversations that have been striked from just, you know, from, from Bailey. Um, and again, from either a hike or walking your dog or just walking around town or going to a dog friendly coffee shop or a brewery, like, you know, it's immediately a great way to connect with someone and, um, and just meet people. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are hearing a lot of barking in the background, (laughs) it is because we are outside of the dog park and they are having a good time over there. One of the things that you said um, that really struck me, it kind of sounds like every day is a little bit of an adventure. And I feel like that resonated with me because unlike somebody who lives in a house where you wake up in exactly the same place every day, you have the same routine, you have the same commute, you're getting on the same train, you're seeing the same people, you come and you go to the same gym, like everything is same, 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 except for those like vacation breaks or, you know, weekend excursions or whatever. Whereas in a van, 
every single day is an adventure because where are you going to sleep and where are you going to get water and what is this crazy new grocery store you get to experience and which park are you going to look up? And so I think it adds a lot of dynamic energy into your life because you do have to think a lot more about the real necessities of life, which I think kind of brings you to a more present mindset. Mm. Do you feel kind of that? So true. And I, in the way I've, I've brought this up to other people is like, there's so many mini victories on the road that make you feel accomplished. Like, like when I was living in my apartment, you know, getting a shower, cooking, uh, taking out the trash, you know, these are all things that are just like, you think nothing of it. You do it. And then it's like, whatever, like just a normal thing of life. And for me with being in the bus, like everything is such an accomplishment and it makes me feel truly productive in the way that I classify it, there's just so many mini victories, right? Like when I go shower, plan a fitness or when I get a workout or I find it's such an awesome place to sleep, I'm like, wow, like this is amazing. And I've like actually accomplished something because it is, it, you know, it's such a big deal. Um, you know, getting a home, you know, cooking an awesome meal, cleaning dishes. It's all those mini victories that make you feel, you know, accomplished. And, you know, as of last night, you know, we, <laughs> we received a, a picture from someone, um, you know, that we were sleeping in front of someone's house and we were at a park that was on I Overlander. And it's always like, there's just so many obstacles or barriers that kind of are created that make life a little bit harder. But again, pushing through that and kind of resolving and solving the situation you grow. I remember having all the people that have joined me. It's like all about teamwork. As you guys know, it's like, like, that's what it's all about. Um, and just getting through those moments and just figuring out how I can make this work. What I, what I noticed from the last night email is that the community is growing. So there is going to be more of the people dwelling on streets and places like that. So you're going to have, um, people start to stay stuff. They're going to have people start to reach out, especially to people like us who have a tag on our bus or on our van. Uh, you're going to have people that reach out and say something, which is fine. But what we want to make sure that we tell you guys, too, is if you are thinking about living this lifestyle or you are living this lifestyle, make sure that you do your due diligence and you clean up after others, including yourself. Don't overpack trash cans. There's there's gas station, grocery stores, all these different places that you can throw out garbage. So if you can avoid throwing them out in the parks and stuff like that, they that may allow us and keep us to have these spots for longer. So I just wanted to... to you know, share that, that opinion with you guys. Cause I, I do think that this is, this is very important to our community in general. To backtrack a little bit, both of you guys mentioned the email from last night, but I don't think that we've we actually gave like the actual context. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. give the context. Yeah. Alex. So last <laughs> night, well, I guess we got to Bellingham two nights ago mm -hmm. and there's this park that has been listed on iOverlander. And we actually stayed at this park the last time we were in town. Bellingham is a town that is, just south of the Canadian border, just north of Seattle, it's a pretty busy, small town. It's a commuter's town. Like, a lot of people have to drive through it no matter what. Whether they're coming down south from Canada or they're going north from Seattle, you basically have to go through Bellingham. Right. And so, while we've been here both times, there's been tons of vans, tons of buses, rigs everywhere. It's like a popular spot. There's tons of amenities here for van life. Which is exciting to us, but may not be exciting to the residents. Right. And so the other problem with the area is that there's only like one or two. There's maybe like three spots listed on iOverlander for the entire area. And one of them is this park. 
And so it's a park in a residential neighborhood. There's no signs around it that say anything about any kind of parking restrictions. And we actually looked up and there's no bylaws regulating people being able to sleep in their vehicles in Bellingham. So if there's no rules against it, then it should be fine to stay in these places. And, you know, we stayed there a bunch of times the last time we were in town. And so we stayed there two nights ago and then we pulled up last night together to stay there another night and almost as soon as we pulled up this guy sends this email that he'd obviously took our photo that morning and was sending it at night because the photo was like bright daylight sunshine it's a great photo we look good together yeah and the, <laughs> and the funny part about the photo is there's like no garbage no anything around us it looks really nice you know it doesn't look negative in any type of way Right, but so he's sending it to his local council member and another local government agency, basically saying that, like, our park is being overrun by these van dwellers. He said something about, you know, there's been homeless people in our neighborhood forever, and we've never had a problem with the homeless community, but it's these our socioeconomic peers that are now causing all these problems, overfilling our trash cans, leaving their dog waste. You know, and he's wondering to the city council if there's any kind of laws or anything that he can, like, basically get these people out of here because he doesn't want van lifers there. And so I reply that, like, yes, your neighborhood was listed by one of your neighbors on, I didn't say iOverlander, but I said, you know, like a website. You know, I think that's why a lot of people are coming here. I will, you know, make a note on the iOverlander that, like, you know, the local residents are noticing an influx. But I think what you said is true, Frank, that, like, there's just so many van lifers now that a lot of these iOverlander spots are becoming way too busy. Yeah, and it's becoming an issue with the residents in the area. And we want to try to avoid that by being friendly, by keeping places clean, by not overloading or trashing, by going to bed at a decent hour. Leaving in the daytime. Yeah, leaving in the day, uh, not not being loud at night, getting late, getting there late, leaving early. Um, you know, maybe we talk to these people when we get there. Like, you just say hello. Like, hey, do you guys mind if I park here for the night? Don't worry, I'm not going to trash the area or anything like that. I'll actually make sure to clean up after others if I see anything. You know, if we always indicate that to people, I think that it will change the perspective a bit. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that we kind of have to start doing doing is branching away from the iOverlander spots. Yes. Because I think iOverlander is a really good kind of like safety net for new people on the road to be like, where can I sleep? Sleep, Finding places to sleep is scary. I don't know how that's going to work. So here's a listing on iOverlander that somebody's already vetted the spot and they say it's cool. But like we could just as easily find any other park in Bellingham Go drive over there, scout out the scene, look for the parking regulations, you know, look even just outside the city. Is there BLM land anywhere Mm. nearby? You know, like do the extra legwork to find the new spot. Yeah, especially as like, I guess you could say now vets or seasoned people in van life or bus life or nomadic living, uh, we we can go out of our way and try to do that. And I think that I agree with you. I think we should. Yeah. You know, and. We, we're noticing that now, so we're going to make that change to, to be better and do better uh, because we want to always lead by example and try to show people that, 
you know, don't just do it and or don't just get mad at the people either. Mm -hmm. Because you got to understand that this is an area that they do pay taxes in. They do uh, take care of the area. They do have, you know, the home there. Granted, one of the things that he said I feel was very unfair. And it was like, I feel worried for my child where we, at least us, the people that are sitting here right now, Never had any type of conversation with any of the kids. I never kids. even saw any We kid. never saw a kid. We never did anything to uh, be a negative impact on a child. So I, I do believe that that was a very um, unfair comment to make. I think he was just kind of like, you know, drumming the sympathy. Sure. Like, my three-year-old mm-hmm. son plays in that park, and now it's just overrun with trash because of these van lifers. And it's like, well, I think you're putting a lot of blame on people that you, like, if you had a photo of me dumping it like a giant garbage bag into an mm-hmm. overfull trash container, yeah. Well, the one thing that I found interesting is just next to the park, there is a there is a big uh, trash can there. It's like a weird teeny, like a mini dumpster. Like a mini Did dumpster. You see that? Mm. And that mini dumpster has been completely filled by a house that has been foreclosed on or sure. for sale. And all the stuff is shoved into this trash uh, bin and it's overflowing but like we literally took a little video of it just so we have evidence of like what's kind of in there and there's like chairs outside of it, like full it's on like full furniture furniture and... chairs like we don't have that in our yeah. vans like we don't have those particular types of items so just to like kind of squash the situation we you know sent an email back that was very nice <laughs> trying to show that we're leading by example we updated the the site to you know, tell people like, you know, the residents are starting to get annoyed. And so, you know, use this spot with caution, yep. arrive late, leave early, don't leave trash. I didn't close the site because technically, legally, it's yeah. still an option. Mm-hmm. But, you know, residents are obviously starting to get annoyed. And I think, too, right now, because the Canadian border just reopened, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of moving through this area. Yeah. yeah. yeah and so thing. you're getting a lot more traffic. And mm-hmm. so perhaps that's why he's extra frustrated about it now. I guess. And another thing that I could say is if you are folks in Bellingham that are van dwellers yourself or and you own a property, um, maybe putting out to the community on iOverlander that you do have a spot in front of my house or whatever, that may be very beneficial to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and also allow you to meet more people that are like you as well. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had any other issues like parking places? Because your bus is a little bit bigger than the van. It's got a great big piece of beautiful artwork on it. <laughs> it definitely stands out a bit more. Like, has this ever been a problem for you in the past? Yes. Oh yeah. Um, but I will say, with that, uh, I've encountered you know really positive people that have just kind of been like, hey, like. I understand what you're doing is awesome, but like, unfortunately, we just can't have you parked here. I've had, uh, you know, I honestly, my, my maybe like five to seven police officers knock on, but again, never having a negative experience where it's like, you know, I get a ticket or like they're really, you know, angry or something. Like they're just usually just ask me to go to Walmart and that's what I usually end up doing. But I think this is, you know, just piggybacking off of that. Like this is our opportunity to set a culture for the van life nomadic community RVs because. Obviously, you know, we believe, and we talked about this yesterday, it's here to stay. And this is going to be a culture that people are going to continue to join and people are going to continue to uh, embrace. And so, you know, as you guys know, van life has really just, uh, 
it's, it's, it's super trendy and people are jumping right in and people are, again, you know, using uh, apps like iOverlander, Campendium, The Dirt, HipCamp, Harvest, so all of these resources. And I think we just need to use them wisely mm-hmm. because I don't know if I can confidently say mm-hmm. in 15, 20 years where, you know, hopefully I'm asking um, or hopefully, you know, and, you know. Uh, pushing my children to do something like this like hopefully this is still an opportunity where you don't have to spend 50 60 dollars for an rv site um and that you know places like walmart and places like that are on the app are still Mm -hmm. um available to use and this is a window that i think is very delicate and that we need to use wisely yeah i totally agree and like even some of the walmarts are closing down because you know, each Walmart is independently operated and the managers of that particular store can decide whether they want to allow it or not. And we've definitely been to some areas where we pull up into the Walmart parking lot and it feels super sketchy. Mm-hmm. Like we're like, I wouldn't even want to park here. Can we pause it real quick? Yeah. You see that scratch right there? Yeah. Where? Did On you yours? I, I thought I heard something, but I don't know if she actually hit you or not. And then to make that assumption, I have to be very careful. Yeah. yeah. But she's also... We just had somebody try to oh, park in between car. of yeah, us. So I don't remember yeah, get out there. Yeah, go ahead. Quick pause. Yeah, I can't believe... <laughs> literally, I was like, whoa, what just happened? And Mike's bus got hit right outside of our van by a lady. And Mike, you want to go on with the story? Like, what? Ha- what <laughs> how does it feel? Because it's your bus. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of let it roll. I mean, it sucks, right? And I, and I feel for the woman that hit us, but, uh, you know, yeah, she hit the boss. You know, we're we're here just enjoying life, doing a podcast, and life just throws some twists, and it's all good. But, yeah, unfortunately, someone decided to park really close to the bus and ended up dinging it and dinging the artwork that was just made a few weeks ago. But, you know, back to the drawing board, it's all good. We ended up kind of just sorting through it. But this is, honestly, that, like, sums up the road. Like, yeah. just stuff, unfortunately, just happens. And you just have to work through it and just figure it out. I mean, again, it's not the end of the world. It's a school bus at the end of the day. It's not, you know, it I'm, is what it is. I am going to paint you guys a little bit of a picture, though. Yeah. So we're parked, and then there's a space in between us, and then it's his bus. And there is plentiful amount of parking spots here there's like 50 empty spots at least here and to pull in between the two biggest rigs in the whole entire parking area wasn't necessarily the best decision i i I don't understand why she even tried pulling the spot and then she pulls into the spot and then backs out into the spot directly behind and just continues to eat her sandwich. Not knowing that we were in the van. Not like, knowing. Like, it's as if we weren't even around. And that's the part where I'm just like, okay, like, I understand. Like, you know, humans make mistakes. But, like, we're, and again, I don't want to say that she wasn't going to say something or to write a note. But again, at the same time, she just continued to eat her sandwich and didn't look too concerned. So, like, luckily we were here. We heard it. You can actually hear it on the podcast. If you <laughs> rewind a little bit, you'll hear the, the thud. thud. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I just came up to her and I was like, Hey, like, I don't, cause we didn't know either. And I was just like, Hey, like, I don't want to assume, but like, did you hit my boss? And so we sorted it out, you know, it's unfortunate, but life goes on. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it was all taken care of right here. Nice and easy. You know, the lady was crying a little bit on the way out, but you know, you gotta, you gotta fess up and do what you gotta do when you, when you make mistakes. And she did that and you know, kudos to her for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's get back to this podcast. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's the thing too. So this is 
a little bit on topic. Okay. Vans and buses are vehicles at the end of the day, right? Yep. And it's a vehicle with a house inside of it. And so things are going to go wrong eventually, whether it's somebody runs into you or, you know, a piece of your van flies off when you're driving too fast on the highway, which happened to us once, or, you know, something inside of your build goes wrong, you know, just like there's so many different variables to living on the road. And I feel like when you get on the road, a lot of people, even myself included, was like, the build is done. We're done working. We can just go and love Leave and enjoy the tools life. At home. Exactly. Yep. Like, let's just go have fun now. And it's really not like that. Like, you get on the road and you have to still continue maintenance and you mm-hmm. still have to, like, do your oil changes and you still have to, like, you know, if something's breaking, you got to fix it. Well, and I think one of the scariest things about being on the road, if not the scariest thing about being on the road, is being in the middle of nowhere and possibly breaking down, right? So, have you ever experienced anything like that? Yeah, I lost power. Thank God, I was so. This was actually while I was doing the build. I lost power steering, and the belt ended up just like coming off, and and ended up having to uh, get it towed back to where it's at. But you know, one of the things with the bus, you know, it's a school bus at the end of the day. It's not, you know, it's meant to transport children from A to B, and usually that uh, is a short distance. And so, you know, luckily, you know, I have a short bus. It's on a Chevy Express chassis with a with a good engine. So for the most part, I've been very lucky to uh, really not be um, too far away where I'm in a crappy situation. In Florida, uh, this was 100% on me, but I decided to, um, you know, with the bus being so high, I hit a low clearance building and it ended up exposing and ripping my roof deck off. And luckily I found a company that took good care of me. But, uh, and I also have my motorcycle too for that exact situation. I have like a dual sport bike that I can, you know, God forbid, if I am ever in that situation, I do have that second method of transportation. Because again, like with being in those remote areas, you don't have, a lot of the times you don't have soul service. There's usually not someone around. So it's like, man, like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. All right. And it's really important to have services like AAA or all, like, all the types of services that can help you along the road because it's vital. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, we had one moment when we were in our old van, our 2003. We had a lot of issues in that van when it came to, like, small breakdowns, things that happened. Luckily, everyone worked out, obviously, because we're sitting here now. But one of them, we were climbing Hurricane Ridge here in Washington. Mm, And sure enough, our bus started, I mean, our bus, our van van started to overheat. And uh, we ruptured a diesel line that was for our our Chinese diesel heater and Mm. uh, antifreeze was coming out of the cracked uh, radiator in the reservoir. And now we're, like you said, we're on top of this, you know, ridgeline where we have no service whatsoever. And all I have on the back of the van is a bicycle. On Hurricane Ridge. On Hurricane Ridge. So now we noticed, Alex and I noticed that we had service maybe about two miles back or so. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, and this is like during, you know, and still during now, but during the much closer, much to, closer the to the beginning of the pandemic. So like everybody was extremely scared of picking up anybody. Mm, mm, so like yeah. I even tried, um, I, I rode the bike down. I forgot to bring water with me. It was and the hottest day of the summer. It was, a, it was 98 degrees on this ridge. And like, I mean, when I tell you this is a crazy ridge, it's like a 13 yeah, to 16% yeah. grade. So to have to now bike back up that, I got to the spot where we thought we had service, had no service. So now I have to bike back up this mountain almost two miles. Oh my gosh. And like, I'm not a, I'm not a person to give up. 
No, but it was hilarious, though, because I'm sitting at the van, like, waiting for him, and I'm watching, like, professional bikers, like, guys, like, decked out and mm. like, the full bike gear. With like, the right type of bike. Yeah, and they were even, like, struggling to get up this hill. And so Alex doesn't realize this, but I'm now going up this hill, and there's times where I'm getting off my bike and pushing the bike. There was a moment where there were deer literally drinking out a puddle of, a wa- of water, and I was about to join them because I was so thirsty. <laughs> like, I, was, I was so close to join these oh. deers, like... Hi, Bambi, and your baby, uh, and your mom. Is it okay if I, you know, drink drink from this puddle with you? But um, I kept going. I was trying to hitchhike, you know, get one of the trucks to pick me up and just throw my bike in the bed and have them pull me up. Like, you know, they could be in the cab. They don't even have to be in the same, you know, part as me. But uh, literally, mm-hmm. everybody just drove by. They did not it's care crazy. at all. Um, but yeah, we. I got to the top, and I. I think Alex, all she felt was. You know, the t- the truck moved because I was putting the bike on the rack on the back. And, uh, yeah, it was it was exhausting. That is by far the scariest thing. Even people at the top told us that they were going to let people know at the bottom. And we were sitting there for two hours. Yeah. Nobody showed up. Not a ranger, nothing. That's crazy. We waited for the van to cool off, and luckily we were able to get it down. Uh, well, downhill mountain. is easy. Yeah. Just throw it in neutral and look. <laughs> I cried. Basically what I did. Yeah. Um, And luckily enough, we were able to continue to drive the vehicle. I kept the fluids topped off. I was able Mm. to pull the diesel line out. So that way we didn't, you know, keep feeding and spewing diesel. uh, Because it almost had like a straw effect happening. So that straw effect would have just kept pulling fuel from our tank. So, yeah. I mean, the scariest things, I think, is the breakdown yeah. aspect of the life on the road. And one, I, if I were to give a, a piece of advice for kind of mechanical stuff is, you know, make sure before you're going through or make sure uh, before you go on a long trip or a long trek that you do the look over or you take your vehicle to the shop. Because I know for me, um, before I go on a big trek, that I take it to the shop, all the fluids are looked at, the tires are looked at. Um, we run it through the monitor, make sure that there's no codes coming up and we just do a complete check over brakes are good, all that. So that, you know, before you go on that journey, that hopefully that everything looks good and looks the part. And it's definitely worth, you know, that investment up front because, you know, toes could be really expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you might, you really need to take advantage of, of being home and prepping your, your vehicle before you go, because, I've had flat tires throughout, like, it's just inevitable, right? Yeah. Like with, with how much we travel, there is going, it's just a matter of when, right? <clears throat> and it's, and when and where and how, you know, do you have the resources to hopefully, you know, put you back together? So it's definitely really important. There's that hashtag, know before you go, right? <laughs> I don't know. What is that? Hashtag, know before you go, hashtag, not what. Not what, but when. Yeah. <laughs> You're so hip, Frank. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm a hip guy. I'm always up with the lingo. That is not true at all. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's important to have that safety net. Like even just like some cash in the bank sure, that's like sure. set aside specifically for, sure. for breakdowns and stuff. Like we have our friends crowned in style. I don't know if you follow them on Instagram. They I can't have, keep up. I know there's so many, right? But they have this beautiful vintage bus. And literally every time they go somewhere, something happens. I was just watching their story today. They're having another breakdown, another problem. Yeah. And he's super handy and can, like, do all this stuff. But, like, 
you know, it's a 1970s bus. Is it really? Yeah. So they, they set out almost three months ago now to start their journeys. And like, just to show you guys, not everybody's journey is, you know, rainbows and sunshine. Uh, they got on the road thinking that they were going to do this whole thing that his grandparents did. Like this cross country. Cross country like, travel. Yeah. With, like that his grandparents did in this bus. And it's a it's a gorgeous bus, but he had to rebuild everything with new stuff because they don't even carry, you know, the type of stuff that you, he needed originally like for the and bus. Stuff or not even manufactured. So anymore. everything is redone by him and and others, you know, mechanics involved and whatnot. But they have yet to really travel gorgeous. because they're just sitting here, you know, fixing problems when they come. They have a great attitude about everything. Oh, 100%. I feel like if there's anybody that could navigate this, and I think that's kind of the attitude that you need to come into van life with, is that, like, you do have to be able to let things just roll off mm -hmm. your back, and you do have to be able to, like, roll with the punches. Being adaptable. Like, you, 100%. That, it's taught me so much about being adaptable, because you have to learn how to pivot. Yep. I mean, even just on a smaller scale, like last night, you know, we would love to go back to that park. Um, but we just can't, right? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, back to the drawing board. And again, that's on a smaller scale, but just learning how to pivot. I give them all the credit in the world because it really does take a lot of patience. It's like in those moments, how are you going to react to it? How are you going to let it affect you? Because, you know, for them, it's happened so many times where yeah. you just like, it drains you. It's and, hard. And realistically, it's so easy to give up. You know what I mean? It, yeah. That is like the easy thing to do is just give up, say, you know what? I'm over it. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, buy a house, sell the rig, yep. you know, figure yep. it out or rent something, whatever And if that's what you decide to do, then cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you're going to let like one or two little inconveniences deter you from this lifestyle that you and your heart obviously wanted to do because you went to all of these steps to get there, mm -hmm. you know, I think you kind of need to evaluate I think what we're trying to say is if you really want to do it, fight through the problems, figure it out. It will make you a better person overall in the end. It will show you things that you're not necessarily didn't think you were capable of, but you are. And, you know, that this lifestyle just is not for everybody. Yeah. And I just want to key in on the finances, too, because it is really important that you do plan financially. Um, because it is a big step and it does take a lot of intentional planning to, again, maybe if it's on a smaller scale and it's just like a weekend vehicle, but if you are doing full time, you really just want to make sure you have that cushion. You know, we talked about the, you know, gas is such a huge expense mm -hmm. and it really does add up. So although we, you know, we don't have the rent, the mortgage, we do have other expenses that really do add up mechanical, all that stuff mm -hmm. really can take a toll. So you really just want to make sure that it's something that you have a cushion for and that you plan very intentionally. Yeah, mm -hmm. we we hundred percent agree. Before we got on the road, we made sure to save as much money as we could, so that way we could travel without the financial burden. If something did break down, we could fix it. Mm -hmm. If something did happen, we we had the financial backing to make it wherever we need to go next. Mm -hmm. So you talked about you were coming from the corporate world, mm -hmm. working in finance and things mm -hmm. like that. What specifically did you do to set yourself yeah. up? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because financial literacy is something that I actually am very passionate about investing and just starting early because the earlier you start, the better off you'll be in the future. And I think financial literacy is something that doesn't get enough exposure, right? Like I think, you know, even in just the educational system, you know, how, 
who, I guess writing checks is a little bit dated, but when it talks about, you know, balancing your checkbook, you know, making sure, learning how to invest, where to invest, what are the type of investment vehicles that are, you know, are suitable for you, I think it just gets overlooked. And so with being in the, the finance world before bus life, I really made it a point to be very intentional about my finances. So, you know, after graduating from school, I studied economics and finance. I, you know, I, I lived at home and my biggest intention through that was, you know, to save money, create a cushion. Cause I, at that point I didn't know really the next step. I had a good job, but I was very content with living at home and, and planning that way. But again, just focusing on investing because, you know, for people that really don't understand finance, you know, sitting in, sitting your money in the bank, isn't always the, the wisest choice, you know, you know, inflation, we're seeing it increase. And it's very important that you utilize the the investment vehicles. And again, I'm talking in like a finance, but there's so many different products like mutual funds, stocks. Now there's cryptocurrency, all these things that we're seeing. And so how do you allocate your savings? And you want to make sure that your savings rate is, is, is high so that, you know, when it comes like for me, I ended up leaving that world. And so um, you know, my investments, my money is working for me when even I'm on the road and having that type of passive income, I think is really important. Um, but it's just it's starting early, I think is so important. Again, having that emergency saving fund. And again, even maybe if you don't have the excess funds to, you know, invest and maybe you're paying off school loans, like it's very important that, um, you know, you take care of that and that you understand what interest rates are and what a credit card is and all these things. Um, that could help prepare you because I understand that like financial freedom is a huge part of being able to do this. Mm -hmm. And I know, I think the number one question that we all get on the road is like, how do you fund your journey? Mm -hmm. Like how, what are the things that you're doing? And that's like, people like, where do you, you know, where are you working? But with like, you know, the digital age advancing and now COVID has enabled a lot of people to work remotely. I hope that more people have the ability to kind of work on the road. I mean, there's so many different professions between traveling nurses, graphic designers. I mean, I could go on and on, uh, you know, content creating. Um, there's just, there's so much stuff out there. Um, but I think just, you know, really having a grasp on your finances is something, is a huge step in really getting into this life. Yeah, I think something really small that Alex and I did that you guys could look into as well is having an ATM card or a bank or a bank that, keeps you from having fees when you're on the road. So Alex and I utilize SoFi Bank. This is not a commercial for SoFi Bank in any means, <laughs> but I think that it's very important to know that when you're going to that ATM, you're not getting charged 350 because your bank isn't in that town. You know, you're not getting charged the $5 because they're giving you that money back. So we use uh, SoFi at one point in time to uh, allow us to have a better, you know, availability to dollars when we need it, if we need to get cash out as well as at the time they had the highest interest rate when it came to savings. So we were, we were gaining the most value from, from that bank at the time. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely shop around too, mm -hmm. because there's so many different banks and especially now, like with all the online banks, you know, allies so far, I'm sure there's many more, but they generally offer higher interest rates just for cash. And then, you know, you get the benefit of it's a more travel friendly mm -hmm. Because when, you know, on my Chase debit card, if I make a transaction somewhere or like take out cash, I'm getting dinged by the machine and I'm getting mm -hmm. dinged by mm -hmm. my bank. And, you know, the SoFi account, we could literally go to like any country in the world and take out cash and they refund the fees. 
And you don't think that that's a lot of money, yeah. but it adds up super quickly. Five bucks here, three yeah. bucks there. Yeah. By the end of the month, you're like, wow, what exactly. the heck happened? Yeah. And whenever you guys have some extra money to put away into savings and in, not only into savings, but also into the financial world to where you could have your money, make you money. That is always a smart decision. Whether you're in this lifestyle, whether you're not, it doesn't matter. You want to set yourself up for the future, not only with your career, but also with the money that you have coming in. So I, I really agree with the financial advice that you give and we're very thankful for that. Yeah, and one thing I just wanna add on top of that, maybe necessarily just looking at, okay, what are you, like budgeting, what do you spend money on? Maybe you're not using that $15 Spotify account. Hopefully you are, because you're listening here. But, <laughs> you know, what are the reoccurring payments that you are fit, that are fixed payments that are going out every monthly? And then really asking yourself, do I really need this? Do I really need to be spending the $10 for net, whatever Netflix costs nowadays? I don't even know. Spotify, you know, all these things that we maybe think we need. Um, and I'm sure a lot of us could really make um, you know, start cutting down expenses and just like, do I really need a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts every morning? Because it's all yeah. about taking baby steps, right? That $3 coffee may not seem like a lot in that specific day, but when you add it up in the grand scheme of things, it really can really add up and that's money that you could be investing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you really think about it, uh, like you could buy the tin, $8, you know, tin of coffee and that coffee lasts you a whole entire month, right? Where you're probably spending five bucks for coffee mm -hmm. if you're going to like, say, the Starbucks mm -hmm. or, you know, mm -hmm. right around that area. And if you're doing that every day, that is a lot of money that you're spending. Mm -hmm. And really, how hard is it to boil some water and, you know, yeah. add it over the top? Yeah. yeah. You know, I think we started to learn these lessons when we first put the budget together for building the van yeah. because we were both living in New York city. It's a very expensive mm -hmm. place to live. And we're like, well, we need to save X amount of dollars to be able to purchase a van, to be able to build the van out. So how are we going to, you know, reallocate our money into this like goal? And I think having the goal and the dream of van life is a really motivating factor to get your money yes. in order mm -hmm. because you're like, do I care about this latte? You know, that's like a very basic, you know, sure, exactly. avocado toast yes, millennial yes, example. Yes. <laughs> or do I care about, you know, buying a water filter for my water system, you know? And it's just these like little choices that you make that, you know, by the end of our time in New York City, we were both saving a huge amount of money every month because we were so single-mindedly focused mm. on saving and building mm that all the other stuff just didn't even matter anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I think what happens too is then when you meet the nomad on the road, you could offer a coffee or you could both go out, you guys could go out and go get a meal. You know, you now you have the funds ready to go do something that's fun, you know, with somebody else. Like you could go and rent the downhill bike mm -hmm. and go downhill bike and mm -hmm. you could buy the ticket to for a lift for snowboarding. You know, you could go to that hot spring that's 20 bucks, you know, like you could do these things. And everything that you just mentioned that I absolutely love is all of those things were experiences. Yeah. And for me, like I, it's so funny to think about kind of where I was at. I was like best dressed in high school, senior superlative would wear like polo Ralph Lauren and all these like, and it, and now it's like, it's so funny is like, I haven't bought myself a piece of clothing in over a year. Um, and it's just been so freeing. And for me, like, 
I want to spend my money on experiences. And, you know, I shared this with you guys, but like in a month, I'm going to uh, Africa and I'm going to hike Kilimanjaro. And yes, that is a is a large expense, but I really truly wouldn't want it any other way. Like I'm using my funds for experiences and more stories and all of that. And I think you have to ask yourself the question, you know, at least coming into this life is like, what am I willing to sacrifice? Like, am I willing to move parts of my life to get me to where I want to be? And maybe that is the car. Maybe that is the big house. Maybe, you know, that's paying down your, your, your student loans, whatever that is, you know, are you willing to commit to that? And for me, like I had a 2017 Jeep Grand Cherokee, I had the trailer, I had a lot of, you know, but I, I was willing to part ways with that to get me to where I'm at now. And with that, and I don't think it is, you know, I don't think we should have, as much as I'm attached to my bus now, I don't think it's very healthy to be attached to these materialistic items. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, parting ways with that to get me to the bus where I felt financially in a good place was just so worth it in the end. And you're going to look back and be so thankful and glad that you did it because it's not about the, and it's again, a cliche statement, but it really isn't about the destination. It's about the journey and doing all of the things like it's amazing now when I'm riding and driving and I'm in like, you know, North Dakota, wherever I'm at. And I just think about the story, what's got me to where I'm at. And there was a lot of hardships. There were a lot, there was a lot of external noise. There was a lot of obstacles, but now I'm here and it feels so good and worth it. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that a lot of people out there looking from the outside in, into van life or bus life, they see all these people really enjoying and having these amazing experiences. And one of the big questions is like, how do you afford that? And this is how we afford it. We have a friend, Abby. She's been on the podcast as well. She just got her license to skydive. And like everybody's like, oh my God, it's so expensive. She's like, the reason why I could afford this is because I work my butt off. Mm. And instead of buying material things, I put my money into uh, adventure and, and entertainment for you know my life and, and enjoying things. So I think it's a big testament to the community and where we like to put our money. We like our money in experiences. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have nice rigs and, yeah. you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, not like you don't have some of the luxuries, you know, like everybody has a different bar of what they, you know, want to live with or whatever. And like your, va- your bus is super cozy and like warm and inviting. And like our van is, you know, a nice home. I feel and, so at home. Yeah. Awesome. And, that's one of the luxuries that we kind of needed to get on the road. But there's people who are like, I could live out of the back of my Tacoma or a tent, you know, you know? and be like super yeah. happy. So it's just a matter of kind of figuring out what works for you, 100%. your budget, your goals, exactly. and then moving forward from there. And I think just remember, everybody's just a little bit different and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being different. There's nothing wrong with, with doing the lifestyle in the way that you believe is the right way to do it. As long as you lead with care and respect and love, I think that all the different ways are great ways of doing it. He's probably going to try to park right in between us. That's the girl girl coming back. Bam. With a huge truck this time. Speaking of all the ways to make money on the road, do you want to talk about the startup that you're now working with? I know you said you quit your job in like big corporate finance, but now you found kind of a new passion project to get excited about. Yeah, I think, you know, again, teach their own. But for me, you know, having that purpose at work was really important to me. And I really struggled with having that purpose 
you know, and I was, you know, living the Wall Street life. And essentially, I was helping the rich get richer. And I was learning a lot. And I was surrounded by great people. But I just, my gut told me that it just, you know, wasn't for me. You know, and I'm 26 years old. I grew up kind of always imagining myself as an entrepreneur, betting on myself, creating something, and then kind of seeing where that goes. And I saw this as a window in my life where, you know, I can continue to walk the corporate life. And again, I no knock on anyone that does it. But, but for me personally, it just didn't work. And it just felt off. And so I was like, well, this is the window. And I set myself up financially that I would be okay, that I would have a, 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 a runway to kind of run with. But it's scary. So me and my smaller team, uh, we're launching a product. It, and honestly, it's, a, it's like a reimagined LinkedIn. And for anyone that's heard of Fiverr, it's very similar to LinkedIn and Fiverr, where if someone had an idea or a passion project that they wanted to launch, we would help you by supplying you with the necessary people to help scale your business or to actually make something tangible. So by doing so, we evaluate each person's strengths and their weaknesses. And using your weaknesses and strengths, we help connect you with like-minded individuals, not people that just want to come and create a logo and, you know, just get you to where you are, but people that actually believe in your mission and have very similar passions as you. And so we're getting ready to launch in the next two to three weeks. It's like a very exciting period. Um, you know, it's definitely been scary, but I've learned so much. And I, one of the things that I asked myself before quitting my job was just that regret piece. And for me, that's one of the scariest things that I, I didn't want to live with that regret. And yes, you know, monetary, it's not the sexiest stage right now. I'm not making the money that I once did, but I'm so excited to see and to learn, right? Because success doesn't always need to be tied to finances, right? I think knowledge and learning more about yourself and what makes you tick is such a vital piece to the equation of success. Um, and so we're getting ready to launch. It's been such an exciting time um, to go on this entrepreneurial journey and to hopefully look back and to see what comes about it. But stay tuned because we're getting ready to release to the public and we couldn't be more excited, not only to get it out there, but to hopefully change lives. Um, because I'm very passionate about helping people find careers and that they're being fulfilled in. And maybe you don't have that idea, but maybe you have 10 to 15 hours and you're really passionate about maybe saving the orca whales. And there's like a, a business that has something to do with saving the orcas. You could come on and join that person along and do it together. Because when there's nothing better when you have two passionate people going for one goal and one mission. And so that is the platform that we're creating. And I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for it too. I think that it's incredible what you're creating. And this isn't just for, say, you know, the orcas. It's for the creators as well. It's for the financial people. It's for all different walks of life mm. where they're finding the people that you need to make the perfect crew to create the best job for you and for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really inspirational, and especially this year when a lot of people are moving to that more digital workspace, you know, if you are somebody who has an idea, but you don't know, like, where the other people are who can help you, yeah. and, like, we've had some experiences with Fiverr that were, like, less than satisfying, you sure. know, and mm -hmm. it's very transactional, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas 
we calm. That's what it is. We co. We, we co. We community. It's all yeah. about people supporting one another. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we co sounds much more like collaborative. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like that one off transaction, like, oh, I'm going to get a logo made. Oh, yep. I'm going to get some marketing, you know, flyer, you know, made up. It's mm-hmm. like somebody who's actually interested in being you know, your graphics design person, you know, and like working with you to like build the brand and like part of your team. Yeah. It's not just a one-off situation. It's really finding team members because we all have pain points, right? And it takes time to learn, implement and execute. And essentially our philosophy is doing what you love Mm -hmm. and focusing on that. And the best businesses and the best organizations is organizations are created with the best teams. And we believe that if you can have an efficient team, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the financial aspect of it. So like most people, when they get hired for a job, they get like an hourly wage. Is there uh, a mix between hourly wage people and or like percentage of a business? Is yeah. that an allegation that you have, yeah. you know, with the person who is trying to create this company? Yeah. Like how does that end of it work? Yeah, it's a, that's a wonderful question, right? Because, you know, obviously the elephant in the room is okay. That all sounds great, but like how? How and why can we, pair people up. And so what's different about Fiverr is, again, it's transactional. So it's usually a a set monetary fixed amount where it's like, okay, I I want this to be done and this is what I'm willing to pay. But with with Wico, you know, you can give up equity, you can give up, uh, you can give up fixed payments, you can actually give up goods. And then maybe you're really good at something that you could offer to their business too. Mm -hmm. So in exchange, you can uh, provide skills that you have that this other person may not. So there are so many different types of people Uh, or excuse me, ways that can be compensated to be able to do the work. And all of this, like when you create a profile, all of this is stuff that you can outline. You know, you can attach social media so people can see what you're all about. You can attach location. So maybe you can try to find people um, in your area. And this was actually, you know, the CEO, I was brought on as the the chief marketing officer, but the CEO um, lived a life that was very, very, you know, he launched an international business franchising and he believed like he kind of had this wake up call. I was like, what am I really doing? I want people to feel this way as well. And so he has since backtracked and created this. We have now we're launching it together, but he wants people to believe in themselves and their ideas because how many of us have ideas? but we don't actually act on them. And we want people to believe in those dreams. And we believe with the infrastructure and the support, the community, you know, the big brother mentality of holding hands and helping you um, is the way that we can help people actually become, I am um, turning ideas into actual services or products. One thing it really makes me think of is not just the financial aspect of it, but also the collaboration aspect of it. The people that you may meet through a agency like this or a company like this is the people that you want for not only your business or they might want you. And then now you've now branched out to meet the type of people that helps you go further in your career that you want to become. So it's a bunch of collaboration. It's a bunch of understanding that there's so many other people like you out there that you could work with. I, I think it's a wonderful idea that you guys have coming up, and I can't Thank wait to guys. see what it looks I, like. I appreciate it, and I and I haven't shared too much about it because usually, you know, I'm I'm usually at libraries or you know at coffee shops, and I'm just kind of and I'm so excited to get it out there because really for me it's like impact, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the reasons why I left the corporate world was I just wasn't that 
you know, I was making good money, but I didn't have that impact piece. And when I, and it, honestly, it gives me the chills because I love people. I'm like, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I love what we're doing here. And my, like, I just can't wait to impact people's lives. Hopefully God willing that happens, but I know that we're getting there and we're almost at that point where we can get it out to the public. Mm -hmm. So do you know approximately about when the launch date is? So, uh, the people here understand when, when this is going to come out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with creating something, there is so many moving parts, right? And we've done some soft, soft launches where we have been able to get it into the hands of some people and then have received feedback because we're, we want feedback, right? We want to understand the pain points that people have, the concerns, you know, how we can make it a better experience for the customer and really understanding the customer journey. Um, so, there's just so many moving parts right now and things that have come up. And again, we have a small team that we're like already stretched so much. So I'm hoping within the next month, like it should be out there, you know, you'll be able to follow, um, there'll be some updates being released onto our, uh, my Instagram and online, but the, but I can't wait for it. And what are those handles where they can find that? Yeah. So I don't know if it kind of, so I'm wandering bus dude on Instagram, just at wandering bus dude. Uh, super simple, but then the platform is called Weco Online. So we are not at the point where we have an app that you can find in the app store, but it is something that you could log on right now to and see one of our, actually, we haven't released our newer website yet, but it's Weco.online. Um, and essentially, you know, finding or building a team for your dream. Like that's like, that's really what it is in a nutshell. Um, but yeah, Weco online and wandering bus dude, there'll be some updates for sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like bringing it back to the nomad community is kind of like perfect for people who live in vans and buses and who travel because it is all digital and it mm -hmm. is all, you know, it's that collaborative community aspect that a lot of nomads are seeking and that like digital workspace mm -hmm. as well. So if you're somebody who wants to work on the road, but you want to find, you know, that digital work mm -hmm. that, you know, you're not tied to a desk or a location, WeCo could be a very, yeah. you know, lucrative opportunity. 100%. And I think uh, to remember to think outside the box, this also could be for collaboration for like invention. You know, this could be for collaboration. Like say you've had an idea and a thought that you want to get, you want to get out there. I'm sure there's some type of, you know, stuff you got to sign uh, so that way the idea doesn't, you know, go outside of whatever it is that you're doing. But you like this could be collaboration for you to create that item that you think is amazing. Or launch a clothing brand. Yeah. Correct. Or, you a know. blog, a YouTube channel. I mean, yeah. it's you know, so many different things. So many different And we believe in the power of outsourcing. You know, we only have so much time in a day. And I think, you know, a lot of the reasons why people launch businesses is to hopefully find that freedom, flexibility, um, to not kind of have that ingrained nine to five thing. And we believe that, you know, with the power of outsourcing and creating a team that alleviates your life so that you can actually start to enjoy the things that you started a business in the first place. Yeah. And I think it also alleviates other people's time as well, because now they only have a very specific job rather than doing a yeah. hundred things for a company. They're just doing one. So it sets up time for everybody. It gives everybody an opportunity to live their life while bringing income in or, getting themselves to the next step. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this last night a little bit is that entrepreneurs are some of like the most overworked people 
you know, like when you're a solo person and you're trying to do everything, you're trying to be accounting, HR, marketing, you know, it's just, it's a lot to handle. And even just like us, you know, running this YouTube channel and the podcast and the Instagram and the Facebook and the, you know. I give you guys so much credit. So much credit. (laughs) Yeah. And we're a team of two, you know. And Paco. Yeah. (laughs) Paco's, he's all thumbs on the keyboard. You know, I've been trying to get him to learn how to edit and he's just not taking (laughs) to it well. He's just showing, he's just editing videos of him. Uh, yeah, it's just like the Paco reel. <laughs> People would probably love that. His channel oh, will blow yeah. up. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just like, it's nice to know that there are, you know, outlets where you can get support, mm-hmm. you know, for things like that. Because it is hard to make your, you know, dream a reality. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even for us, if we had a marketing team, if we had people out there that were able to get our reach just a little bit further, and we would be very open to... Um, you know, sharing the love and the wealth, you know, if that came for us, you know, like it, that's what it's about, you know, Mm -hmm. is, is to help people out. So we already, we already divvy up, you know, a portion of our income to helping others out and helping the environment and Mm -hmm. things like that. So, you know, we're, we're very high on that list of, of wanting to help others. And that's why we make all the content we make, you know, is to literally help other people that want to live a different type of lifestyle, whether it helps you to get into this lifestyle or it helps you to just go where you want to go. That's, that's all we're looking for. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just one thing I want to just add for someone that just maybe wants to kind of learn a little bit more, you know, we're starting off with the freemium model. So you know, if you want to go online now and, and take a personality test that takes about five to seven minutes, I'm actually going to get you guys to take yeah. it right after because it's so intuitive. And I remember, so I was in, I've moved a little bit with my prior company and uh, different departments. And in the last recent stint, I was doing IT, technical stuff. And I took this personality test and technology was one of my lowest ranked skill sets. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you, and I, I think you can hear it in my voice too, like like I'm not someone to hit, you know, be behind the computer screen and like code and like, you know, do all that stuff. But it was one of my lowest ranked things. And like, here I am in this like fi- IT finance, financial technology role. And I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, no wonder I don't like, <laughs> You're like this. I am totally on the wrong basis of where my life should be going. And every person that I've asked to do this, it's like, wow, like they, they get it. Like it yeah. actually fits. Um, so yeah, if you guys just want to, you know, get a little bit of exposure, learn about our platform. Um, it would mean the world if you just, you know, took a personality test. It's, it's cool because we actually compare you with real life people, um, too. that like, you know, and there's eight departments, strategy, uh, ideation, operations, human resources, legal. So there's all these different departments that we believe each person fits in that equation to two to three pillars of a business. Um, But yeah, so check it out. I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest with you, because Alex and I are talking about finances recently and, you know, little jobs that we might possibly be able to pick up along the way. So, you know, for me, taking this personality test, understanding you know, really where am I needed, you know, mostly is going to be a huge boost to my confidence and where I'm even supposed to help in our own, you know, uh, F&A van life. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think that, you know, we don't talk about this a lot, but, you know, for Frankie and I, our relationship is also, our business is also, you know, our 24-7 together. And then, you know, so it can be kind of stressful, to, you know, both be working on the same thing, but like with other things and then how to, what's delegation and, sure. you know, is it like, it's just hard to manage. Just, I didn't even think of that. You guys are so just, right. Like, literally, that's a lot. Just earlier today, 
at like Alex was working on something, but we it's one thing that I can't do. She she's the one on the computer physically trying to download this thing. But I'm like, I'm gonna go outside and just get some movement in. She's like, just go, I, like do what you got to do. Like I don't care. And like and I'm like, babe, like I, there's literally nothing that I could do. Sure. But it's like it's a frustrating aspect yeah, of, of you know the business side uh, and also our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do our best to overcome all that. But there's always going to be some type of little thing that like one person feels like they're doing more than the other or sure. vice versa. And or there's just a stressful day yeah. or, you know, stuff's got to get done now. Well, or, I'm sure you know. the email didn't help last night. Well, yeah, I feel like I was on edge this morning when I woke up already. I was like, we got to get I out lost of this you guys. I text, I, I texted them and I was like, hey, you guys right. Because we decided that we were just going to because it was late by the time that we saw the email. And then we were like, all right, we'll leave in the morning. <laughs> so I text them and I'm like, yo, you guys ready to leave? Taking Bailey out. And they're already gone. They left me. They left me. <laughs> we left them to the wolves. <laughs> we were like, we got to get out of here. Well, so we didn't really want to bother you. Uh, no, you know, awful. obviously, uh, you know, everybody has their own schedules and things going on. We knew um, you had meetings this morning. Yeah, we knew you had meetings. So, like, for us, we were like, when we get to the spot, we'll just send them the message. Yeah. And, like, you know, that's, that's cool. just, just part took, of the life. You just took me to a spot that I got my bus hit. So, it's all good. Oh, <laughs> damn. Sorry. Maybe we should be paying you yeah. instead of her. No, we're cool. like your un- Lucky yeah, friend. No, so this was like a tumble of disaster. Or is it vice versa? We've never gotten an email before until we met you. Oh, <laughs> oh right? I'm just kidding. Yeah, but anyway, so we're gonna enjoy the rest of our day together. Is there any kind of last thoughts? Any advice? Mm. You know, for any... somebody who's getting out there on the road or like thinking about it. You know, what what are your thoughts to them? Yeah. Oh man, I could I really could go on, but if I were to kind of summarize it into kind of one quick spiel, it's really just. Uh, being okay with embracing the unknown. Like for me going back, like my, I am, I am not a skilled contractor. Like I really, uh, rely, uh, relied on my inner, my close circle of friends, my dad, my family to help me get to where I'm at. And I think understanding that there are going to be obstacles, like there are going to be barriers and it's not going to be a smooth sailing journey. Uh, but really embracing that unknown and understanding that there will be challenges. If that means during your build process or actually being on the road and dealing with people hitting your bus, whatever it is, like that's where you grow. And I say this all the time, growth does not come from comfort zones. And so if you have that mentality of like, yes, this is going to stretch me, if it's mentally or physically, and it could be on a smaller scale, like running an extra mile during your run or, you know, you know, getting into this life that is unconventional, I think you'll be just so proud of yourself, right? And I think, you know, through life, we adapt, we learn, we figure out what makes us tick. Um, and even, again, what's the worst thing that can happen, you know? And you can always go back. You can always sell the vehicle that didn't work out. But with that, and again, it's the learning piece that I think is so valuable. Um, like, how much did you learn throughout the journey? And what I can say is in the, in the year of being nomadic, I've grown so much in my personal life. I've created a better version of myself. I've, I've realized a lot of things that I hold close to my heart that I want people around me that actually are supporting me or I want a career that's very fulfilling or, um, you know, I want to live a very intentional life where I'm being more generous and all of these things that I've been able to look inward focus would only have been done. And I'm not saying that you can't do these things at home. Like it doesn't have to be at a, in a bus or in a van, but just understanding that it could be a beautiful opportunity to, for something to change your life. Because it, I, it, it did for me, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Here we are, 
you know, talking in a van at a park. We met at Fred Meyer and now we're like lifelong friends. And mm-hmm. for me, it's what it's all about. Like it's, and I, it's all about the people for me. You know, the landscapes are sweet. They're awesome. But you're, again, you're never going to forget about how someone made you feel. And it's just something special that I really do hold close to my heart. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Mike. We appreciate you coming on the podcast and giving all your thoughts and your feelings about the lifestyle as well as where, you know, you could help people. Um, I, I just want to say to you guys, even though we're on the podcast right now and we're, and we're online, we're, we're plugged in, I guess you could say, just remember to unplug sometimes, get yourself out there into nature, immerse yourself with people that you don't know, have conversation, be open, be honest, be thoughtful, you know, lead with love and Mm. you'll go, you'll go a lot of different places. Believe me, it's, it's really shown us a great path, right, babe? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So thank you everybody for listening today. Um, be sure to follow along wherever you're listening to this podcast because it's available many, many places. So follow, leave a review. Five, five stars, baby, five stars. It really helps get the podcast out there and you know, we're just very thankful. And the more people that we could reach and give this good feeling and vibe to, you guys are the ones that make that possible. And so just a final send off. We're going to give a shout out to this person who left a review on the podcast. Realistic, casual, and helpful. I'm loving the tone of this podcast. The information is super helpful to new van lifers or potentials like myself. Please keep them coming. Great content, variety, and quality. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for leaving the review. It super helps the podcast. Give it five stars. And if you want to be featured... Be sure to leave a review or send us a DM if you want to be interviewed because we're always open to new guests, new ideas, and new perspectives on the podcast and in life in general. And we love you guys, and we hope that you have an F&A day. Love it. Thanks so much for having me, guys. And thanks so much for hearing my story and and what I'm all about. Cross, brother. Go find Mike in the description and the links below. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Van life, YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.